with a fresh word with Reverend Today Amosu. When COVID came 2020, in the midst of that COVID, I was given a particular word. Let me just read it to you. After this global viral devastation, will come a massive work of building and planting. Not physically now. There's going to come a serious work in the cities around the world. And a lot of works need to be done on the ground. Just as there will be need for economic builders and planters, so there will be a serious need and shortage of spiritual builders and planters, men and women that will need to rebuild the internal architecture and the psyche of people who are living in the cities. After this destructive work of the virus will come the constructive work. The virus comes to do the quick work of destruction, but it will take years and generations to do the work of construction or reconstruction. Now, the church will need a tremendous amount of comfort and consolation, and the world will need huge work of construction in their lives. Why am I telling you all this? All that you are seeing now, all the difficult times we are facing now, they are the post-COVID effects. Yeah, the virus is gone, but the effect left behind, it's uh, what we are dealing with. So, what I want to do is to give you something that will help you to go ahead. Let's go to First Peter 3. Look at verse 10. He who will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Now, I'm taking this phrase out. Just, he who will love life. No, it didn't say just be moralistic and don't do bad things. He said, if you really want to experience good days and you want to really love life, now somebody said, you mean this kind of life you are living now, so you love it? He said, if you love life. I mean, if I put a gun on your head now and say, will you die? You say, I don't want to die now, right? Let's go to verse 13. Who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? And, and this verse is saying over here that if you really determine to follow up on living good life and good days, who will harm you? Who will stop you? Because the good always outweighs the evil. Next verse. Verse 14. But even, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you see, in the, your desire to love life and see good days, and you begin to go after the good, who will attack you? I mean, you can't fight the truth, you can't fight the good. But even if you should suffer for doing the right thing, he said, You are blessed. You know, today we live in a world where we look at what we want to get and find the quickest way there. And if it doesn't work well, we change the style. But Peter was saying that when you go for the right and you suffer for it, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Now, I'm lifting that quotation out. Do not be afraid of their threats. You see, there's so much threat in our world today. Insecurity, economic, social, academic, career threats. That's what is informing Jabba. He said, do not be afraid of their threat, 
nor be troubled. Now, it's trying to put you on a spot in your life. Remember, he who will love life and see good days, and he said, you followers of good, and then they start attacking you for doing what is right. But he said, look here, make up your mind that you will not be afraid of their threats. The threat that come to you about life, about circumstances, about your country, about the world, about issues around you, what will happen to us? And I said, don't be afraid of that what? Threat or be troubled. This is the reason for a lot of mental health issues today. You see, in, in 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have this in our hand. So things only stay on newspapers and in TV and in radio. They don't come too close to us. How many of you have been there before? Something you want to check on your phone, you open your phone, you find notification, and you forget what you want to check. You see, things are eroding in time to take over and, and if information. And the stronger the those info, notification is, the longer it takes to remember what you really want to do. If it's not too hard, you quickly remember back. Now, see, we live in a world today where everything is coming home. Before, we have to pick up newspaper or watch the TV huh? or get a letter or an email. We go and open our mail. Now, we don't have to go open our mail or check the TV. It's coming right at us. So, what do we do? How do we live now? So God wants to give us uh, uh, what to do. Let's look at next verse. But sanctify who? The Lord God where? In your heart. Now, let's read together what he says next. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Can we lift up those four words? Reason for the hope that is in you. Can we open this verse in uh, Message Bible, 1 Peter 3, 15. Through thick and thin, keep your heart at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. Whoa. Through thick and thin. You see, can actually pick the genesis of your life, whatever is troubling you at this spot. What is going on inside of you? Through the thick and the thin, keep your heart at attention in adoration before Christ your master. Somebody must be the supreme master of all these issues in your life. If it's yourself or the government, you are doomed. You must give supreme mercy to somebody in your heart. That's why I say, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Listen, the word sanctify, it means to set apart, to put in a place by itself. So he's saying, in all this noise, do something. Take the Lord and put him in the proper place in your heart. A place of adoration and being the master. I can say to you that the level of your disturbance is the level of your inattention to the place of Christ in your heart. The level of your misbehavior and foolish act is the level of your inattention to the place of presumption of Christ. If you let Christ be supreme, now, look at what it says next. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you are living the way you are. And always what you do utmost courtesy. Let's hear it NLT. Maybe we'll make it a little bit also clearer just like this. Instead, you must worship 
Christ as Lord of your life, that's in your heart. The Christianity must be shown more in our lives than on advert board. Let's go back to NKJV. I want us to pick certain words tonight. We're going to work with it. Let's go back to that word. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart and always be ready to give a defense or a clarity to everyone who asks you reason for the hope. Now, the credibility of the election gives to the person that's elected legitimacy. Now, if it's not credible, credible means that if it's not reasonable, reasonably done, that all of us can see that it's reasonably done, then we will question the legitimacy of that election. What should be the reason for our hope? What are you expecting? And what is your legitimacy that it will happen? Bible says, hope deferred make the earth sick. Let me give you an example. Some Christians are tired now because they have been praying for years that Nigeria will change to the Nigeria of their dream. They've been waiting for Nigeria to become Nigeria of their dream. Nigeria will change and some of these pastors will come. I have a dream. Some of them will do that. And they put up all kinds of uh, bridges and all kinds of skyscrapers and said, Nigeria of my tomorrow. Now, we've got bridges, we've got skyscrapers, but we're suffering. I just don't want us to just be giving ourselves pep talk. You are trusting that God will help you. What's your reason? How are you sure? Remember, it says, always be ready to give a defense to everyone. If I pick you up now, I said, how are you sure God's going to help you in your future? Huh? What reason will you give to me? How are you sure you will not be wiped away by what is going on today? How are you sure that in spite of all the obstacles you are facing in your life, how are you sure that you're going to make it through? God is there, sir. How are you sure that God is going to be there tomorrow? Huh? Reason for the hope. So, it says, when somebody asks you, they say, how are you sure? Don't say, familiar job, I believe God. No, no, no. He said, give reason for the hope. Give reason. That means there must be a reason. And convincing enough. If it's not convincing to you, you won't present it to yourself. So, tonight, I want to give us reason for the hope. What is the, what, what are you going to use to present to your thoughts in the middle of the night when you are going through what you are going through that you are going to come out and come out well? What are you going to give as arguments when life circumstances bother you and you think that you are getting overwhelmed? And you know what? We are reasonable creatures. You see, we know this. Take, take a look at this. I know this is reasonable for me to get there. Are, are you, I know it's, I can say it's reasonable. I mean, it's logical. I can come this way. I come this way. I come this way. But if you ask me from that to come down here, beside, not looking, it's not reasonable. There's nothing to put feet like that and step by step and come down. Now, I, I can cajole myself I can tell you, motivate yourself, motivate yourself. You can come down, you can come down. I will say, you can come down. But when I get to the edge, I'll stand over there for a while. And if I'm unreasonable, I may jump down, wind up in FMC. But if I wind up in FMC today, tomorrow, you can pet me, pet me. I will look at you and tell you, you're not reasonable. <laughs> Let me give an example. Remember when the king was in the midst of farming and the man of God said, by tomorrow you will have food, 
surplus. Huh? And the king economic advisor said, even if God opens heaven's window, that won't happen. He said, you will see it and you won't eat it. Now, it's very easy for you just to quote that verse and say, don't worry, tomorrow Nigeria will be happy. You can't take that same thing like that. The prophet had a reason to give that hope. The prophet had a reason. Not just, he just prophesied out of his mouth. But can any. No, he had a reason for the hope because something will happen to those ones who are oppressing them and the four lepers will go out to see that there was food there and they'll come and announce and come and get the food. And they say, Koye Koribe. What's the reason why it should not be like that? So, you know, you know Christianity is not unreasonable. Jesus said, I am the light of the world and light stands for enlightenment. So, now let's look at our hope. We all have hope. But you see, when you want to have hope, like a house, there must be a foundation first. We call that foundation the reason. See, if I'm going to put up a skyscraper, the foundation must be strong. Now, if you ask me, are you sure you can build a skyscraper over here? I say, look at my foundation. They are strong enough to take it up. Does that make sense? If I want to have 10-story building and I lay the foundation of a bungalow, I don't have a reason to convince that tomorrow will happen indeed. Now, some Christians will say, don't worry about reason. Then don't worry about the foundation. Then the house won't last. When you lay foundation, it's usually about four corners. I want to give you four corners or four aspect of the reason for you to expect that things are going to be better for you in the midst of this crazy, chaotic world. Not just, and just sing and talk. You know, today, there are too many talkers. They call them in the Bible false prophets. False prophets will give you words don't have any foundation. 